Hi, I'm Mark Bud. And I'm Jair Briggs Davis. And we're from Mark and Jair Explain Sports. This is a tripod production. The following is a tripod production. Do not attempt to adjust your dial. Mark Bud and Jair Brooks Davis, two friends growing up in the Big Apple, two friends who became sports writers at the top of their craft. Mark, the assistant sports editor of Drexel University's The Triangle. Jair, the color commentator and reporter at Curry College. On their own, they give their own unique insights. However, together, Mark and Jair explain sports. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Mark and Jair Explain Sports. I'm your host, Jair Brooks Davis. And I'm Mark Bud. So, Mark, a lot of things have been going on over the past week. Let's get into it. Let's start off this podcast by going over the NBA draft. Yeah, Jair. So, last night, even though the draft was completely virtual. I thought it was pretty exciting. There was a lot of trades going on. There were trades before the draft that happened, including Chris Paul going to the Suns. And right before the draft, actually, my 76ers made a good trade, finally getting rid of Al Horford's contract, getting Danny Green in return, and Terrence Ferguson. They did have to give up a first-round draft pick to Sixers, but it's not till 2025, so I'm okay with that. And the draft, the first few picks, there wasn't that many surprises, you know, as – Anthony Edwards went first, then James Wiseman to the Warriors, and then LaMelo Ball to the Hornets. Jair, what did you think of the draft? I thought that it was a pretty good draft. I, like, I'm, I'm the same way. I thought that it was very good and very interesting to see the picks, even though it was virtual. Um, I think that it was good for the Minnesota Timberwolves to draft Anthony Edwards. I think that they need – I think that it was good to go with a shooting guard, even though they have Josh Kogi. It's arguable that they could have brought in LaMelo Ball, and I think that the Warriors made a good decision in terms of getting a good big man in James Wiseman. With the injury to Clay Thompson, do you think that the Warriors made, the good deci- made a good decision in going with James Wiseman? I still think they made the right decision, even though Clay Thompson, it's reported that he might have torn his Achilles. They can obviously add someone in free agency that's a cheaper option, or they can make a trade. And and remember, they still do have Andrew Wiggins. I know he can't shoot as well, but he can still score. So, yeah, James Wiseman, I think, was good. It was a good decision for the Warriors because they needed a center, and James Wiseman seemed to have the most potential in that draft. And he could shoot some threes. So I think that could turn out to be a really good decision for them. It was also – it seemed to be a safe pick as well. LaMelo Ball, if the Warriors went in that direction, you know, they, they had to deal with LeVar, the Warriors. LaMelo Ball likes to have the ball. I don't, know, I don't think it would have been a good fit. Yeah, Mark. I'll go – we'll touch up on the Clay Thompson situation and the shooting guard situation later on with the Golden State Warriors because I have some people that I think that – could fill out that shooting guard position for now. Um, the third pick overall was LaMelo Ball. How do you feel about that? I honestly think that is one of the best situations for him because he doesn't have to be in a big city like New York where all the attention is going to constantly be on him. I'm sure he likes the – I know he likes the attention given that he has like 6 million Instagram followers and he's in the media a lot. But from a basketball standpoint, I think this is a really good – place for him to be in Charlotte where it's not going to be as much media. He can focus solely on basketball 
or I think his brother Lonzo, when he got drafted, he was in the Lakers, constantly in the press, constantly being watched. I think this Lamelo will not be as under pressure as much, but he's also will be with Michael Jordan, who will able to give him a lot of advice and mentor him. So I think this is like probably the best scenario for Lamelo Ball. I, I'm in agreement with that, especially also with Lonzo playing in Los Angeles and uh, being under Magic Johnson. Then when LeBron James came over, it's a very different situation. And also, Charlotte actually needs to to like rebuild that they've always been in a, in a rebuilding situation as far as I'm considered. Um, as for the number fourth pick, as for the number four pick, I have not seen Patrick Williams really play, but what do you think about him as a pick? Yeah, I don't really know much about him. I know that he only averaged like nine points a game, but this seems to be more of like a, a pick for the future, not right. Like I don't think they're expecting him to make an immediate impact. I don't know if I don't love those picks where you don't exactly know what you're getting, but it seems like the Bulls like what they see. So we'll see. But yeah, that wasn't that was probably the only surprise, one of the surprise picks in the draft. Number five was Isaac Okoro. I think that they did a good thing by drafting him, especially since they have uh, Colin Sexton and uh, Colin Sexton and who who did they draft? What, what, which other guard did they draft? They draft Darius Garland last year. And, well, Jair, one question I do have for you is, what do you think – I'm going to skip a little bit. What are your thoughts on the Knicks picking Obi Toppin at number eight? I think that the Knicks made a good decision picking Obi Toppin. I, I feel, honestly, like the franchise – well, they just – well, I just got the news that they declined Bobby Portis's option. But I think that the Knicks need to regroup – and start from scratch. Um, for example, teams like the Denver Nuggets or even the Golden State Warriors, they, like, a lot of their, their players or, like, their core players were, were, dra- were originally draft picks. And I think that the Knicks need to – that the Knicks need to restart instead of signing all these different free agents. They have Kevin Knox, who's a draft pick, who I think needs to get more playing time. Frank Nittalikina needs to develop. R.J. Barrett needs to develop. Mitchell Robinson needs to develop. And having Obi Toppin at the four, I think that it was a good draft pick for them. Me too. I also didn't – I think he's older, so that so he'll probably make more of an immediate impact. We're talking about Patrick Williams before getting drafted by the Bulls. I think Obi Toppin is ready now, whereas a guy like Patrick Williams, I think he needs a few more years. So the Knicks, I think, made the right decision there. Also, I didn't realize that he was from Brooklyn, New York, Obi Toppin, so that makes it a little more exciting for Knicks fans, but also puts a little bit more pressure on him. So clearly fans are expect to see him, like, perform this year, but we'll see. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get off to a slow start because of all the expectations, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make an immediate impact because the Knicks aren't exactly a great team right now, so it gives guys, younger guys, more opportunities to score. Do you think that the Knicks should have probably considered, like, I'm going off of what Stephen A. Smith said because he was upset about, well, he didn't like them going for another forward. Do you think that the Knicks should have gone with, an, with another guard like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton or Josh Green or R.J. Hampton, perhaps? I think Tyrese Halliburton would have been a, a good pick. I know a lot of people liked him, and uh, he went to, the, went to the Kings. That could have been a good pick. But at the same time, Obi Toppin, I see why the Knicks wanted to do that. He he won the John Wooden Award this year. He clearly knows how to score. 
And like I said, he seems the mo- one of the mo- like out of all the prospects, he seems like one of the most ready to contribute right away. And I think that's what the Knicks are looking for. I don't think they want to rebuild for much longer. Yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you on that one, Mark. I think that they have a good. I think that a lineup of Nittle, Akina, Barrett, um, Knox, Toppin, and Robinson, I think that they need to get chemistry. And I think that they should try, try to be the – I think that the Knicks should try to have those guys be the primary future of the New York Knicks. Jerry, what do you think about the, the – what the Sixers did in the draft, getting Tyrese Maxley with the 21st pick, who was supposed to go earlier, but they ended up getting him later? I think that – it was a good move for the Philadelphia 76ers. Last year, Maxi averaged 14 points and 3.2 assists with 4.3 rebounds per game. What, 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 my real, what, my, what my biggest question is, Mark, is what's the starting lineup right now for the Sixers? It is, is it, isn't it Simmons? Is Curry, it's Simmons, Curry, Harris, and Embiid, who who else is in there? Simmons, Harris, Curry, Embiid. Well, now they just got Danny Green. Danny Green, Danny Green. Oh yeah, you could put Danny Green at the at the two, or the three, and with Simmons and Curry in there. Maxi is good for a bench. The Sixers need a bench help, and that's what he'll provide. I don't think he's going to be a starter. Yeah. So so anyways, I think that it was. I think that the Sixers did very well. Um. But still, they have a lot of competition going up in the Eastern Conference, especially with the – well, not a lot, but you're going to be facing the Milwaukee Bucks who recently traded for Drew Holiday. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the Philadelphia 76ers do this upcoming season. I think that their main goal is to try to get to the Eastern Conference Finals right now. And when they hit that spot of being in the Eastern Conference Finals, take it day by day and try to win. Whether, whether, whether or not you're going up against the Milwaukee Bucks – or the Boston Celtics, or probably the Miami Heat. Me too, Jair. But I definitely think that they have, they are much better off than they were two days ago as they traded Al Horford away, I mentioned earlier. They traded Josh Richardson, and they got back shooters, which they desperately needed, and more floor spacing. So I think the Sixers are in much better shape, and it's showing that Daryl Morey, their, their, their president of basketball operations, he's making all the right moves. And I know, I was looking at Twitter last night, I know a lot of Sixers fans are happy. I saw a few funny comments like, wow, I didn't realize what it was like to actually have a GM who knew what he was doing. So Sixers fans were very happy last night, as they should be. And it seems like the team is moving in the right direction. And it also seems like they're going to keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. It doesn't seem like they're going to try to do a James Harden trade. Um, I would have really wanted a James Harden trade, to be honest, if I were, if I were the Sixers. How, what about you? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree, but I like what they're doing, getting shooters, which they desperately needed, and they just might not have the enough, enough, enough ammunition to get uh, to do a James Harden trade without getting rid of Ben Simmons. Um, also, like, the reports have been recently, like, probably James Harden is leaning a lot more towards Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I, I feel like yeah, I saw that too. I don't know if that's going to be possible, though. I don't know if the Nets have enough to get him. Um, in other news, going around the league, the Lakers have officially uh, acquired Dennis Schroeder. How do you feel about that move? I think that's a great move for the Lakers. They needed a third guy who is ham- is capable of scoring the ball, and Dennis Schroeder is, as he almost he averaged 19 points a game this past season in a breakout year. 
I think he'll be a really good fit for LeBron and and Anthony Davis as he can play off ball, but he's also good on the defensive end and and can take some pressure off LeBron, bringing the ball up the floor and playing running the point guard position. I think that Dennis Schroeder is honestly he has potential to be an All Star in my opinion. Yeah, I agree too. I don't know if his numbers are going to be as well being on the Lakers because LeBron and AD take up so many points. But yeah, regardless of if he's an all-star or not, it's definitely a good acquisition for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm in agreement. So I don't know exactly what the depth chart is right now for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think that I, I think that it would be very good for them to re-sign Avery Bradley and put him at the two, LeBron at the three with Schroeder at the one, Davis at the four. And if you could get Dwight Howard back or – I, or, yeah, if they could get Dwight Howard back, that would be very key to them. But the Lakers are going to be a, a contender this upcoming season, and I think that this is going to be a year when Anthony Davis is going to have to take take the next step, and LeBron is going to be looking more to, towards him. Definitely, and I'm very curious to see what the, they will do before the season starts as far as, like, free agent acquisitions. I know that there is talk about them potentially getting Wesley Matthews to replace Danny Green, so that would yeah. be interesting. Not just the Lakers, all these teams. Like I'm assuming the Sixers aren't done either until before the, as the season's not slated to start for a few weeks. So I'm curious to see what kind of moves these teams are going to make. So for the Lakers or the Sixers, what is well, especially with your Sixers, Mark? What is one move in free agency that you would like to see happen, especially with what's taken place already? I would like to see them somehow get a trade to acquire Zach Levine, without giving up Ben Simmons. I think that would be that would be even more significant than getting James Harden. Because if you got James Harden, you'd have to go to Ben Simmons. But if you get Zach Levine, you could probably keep Ben Simmons and Embiid and have a big three, which is like, then we'll be on the top of the East, one of the top teams, if we get Zach Levine. What do you think? I think that, well, I mean, like, you know, really, though, who who do you give up? In order to draft picks. Younger players. But, but would you all have enough cap space? Yeah, we actually do now because we got rid of Al Horford's contract. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah you're right about that. Obviously, you'd have to go to Tobias Harris. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's one thing that I was thinking about. Plus, Doc, plus, the word on the block is that he worked very well with Doc Rivers when they were both at the Clippers. So, mm-hmm. that would be very tough. But it's it's up to Daryl Morey or, or whoever in the front office to – to make that to make the ultimate decision, um, yeah. Or if they don't get go the Zach Levine route, I could just see them adding more shooters, or possibly a backup center because we got rid of Al Horford, which I'm not upset about at all. It's just sometimes Embiid gets hurt, so we need someone to step in his place when if that happens. I think that yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I think that you will need to go for a better bench, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And and that and that would be my number one thing right now if I were the, if I were the, the the Philadelphia 76ers along with the Lakers and another possibility if you could all afford him would be probably Rajon Rondo. What do you think? Yeah, I think he'll be very expensive this year, and I I, I think he'll take off a lot of a cap space, but also he's getting older, and I don't know. If, I mean. That could be a good, a good fit because they have um, Doc Rivers and clearly he gets along with um, Rondo. So yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. Yes, and now 
here we have, and let's go to another subject within the NBA. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been stockpiling draft picks. Um, I mean, I can see the I can see the, the Thunder being a, a contender probably in another. Well, it's going to take them quite a while, but but I mean, what happened? Well, yeah, I was going to say I know a lot of people are praising the Thunder GM Sam Presti, but I don't think he's the, as good as everyone says he is. Yeah, I get he's getting a lot of draft picks, but these aren't exactly the strongest draft classes this year. And I know eventually in the next few years, there might be a strong class coming up. But at the same time, he's made a lot of mistakes. Like, he got rid of James Harden before he blew up. And then he, he got rid of uh, Kevin Durant left. Um, he got rid of Russell Westbrook. He traded a lot of talented guys and didn't get back as much in return. And, like, it seems like he gets talent but then gets rid of it. So, I don't know if I would trust him as as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. Yeah, and also, Mark, one thing that we didn't – that we forgot to mention, actually, is uh, Chris Paul going to the the Phoenix Suns. I think that's a really good acquisition for the Suns. Chris Paul clearly has – as he's gotten old and developed into a real leader in this league, and he's still good, obviously, as he showed with the Thunder helping – leading them to the playoffs. And him, I think that that's exactly who the Sun, what the Suns needed, because uh, it's a very young team. So getting a leader like Chris Paul to work with Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, I think will push them into the playoffs. Same here, and the and the Suns could have made the playoffs this year in the Orlando bubble. They won what eight and zero to finish. Yeah, out. that was without Chris Paul. That was without Chris Paul. But moving on into the NFL, Mark. Ooh. Antonio Brown, what do you think about his what, what do you think about the situation going on with him and this Cameron, all these different things that are coming out? Um with the the situation with Antonio Brown, I think that the media is kind of blowing it out of proportion because the Bucks said they knew about the situation. Um the people involved in the situation said it was handled. They they weren't gonna press action against him. So it seemed like it was all resolved. And I just think that the media just said it because there was a little altercation involving Antonio Brown, but I don't think that means he's going to get in trouble or anything. I think if another thing happens, then he will. But I think for now, Antonio Brown is safe at the moment. I'm in agreement with you on that one, Mark. I I feel like, I mean, if he, like, I know that Bruce Arians had him on a one-type policy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So they had him on a one, Bruce Arians had Antonio Brown on a one-strike policy. Yeah, and they actually asked Bruce Arians about it today. He said that so far he's been a model citizen. If anything if that changes, then he'll, he won't be here anymore. So I feel like it's a situation that could get cleared up eventually, but he really needs to walk a very thin and straight line as best as he can. That is what I'm going to say about him. Absolutely. But as far as on the field for Antonio Brown, in this past week against the Panthers, he caught for almost – 16 he caught 69 yards passing from Tom Brady and he looked he looked to be on the right direction to what we're used to from him so Antonio Brown as far as on-field performance I think you got to watch out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers likewise um with and now when we get in like more personalized stuff messing up off the field Robinson Cano test positive for PED use I know you – well, obviously, Jay, you're not excited that 
no one wants to see someone get suspended, but I know you're excited because the Mets don't have to pay the $24 million this year. 20 million, 24 million, 1 million, 3 million. I do not care. We do not have to pay Robinson Cano. Now, I'll just, I don't want to go too deep into it because you know I'll go deep into it, Mark, but we've, tra- we've talked about Trevor Bauer. We've talked about George Bringer, James McCann, JT Romuto, all those different options. The fact that Robinson Cano could set out this upcoming season and the Mets don't have to pay him 20 plus million dollars. 24 million this year, yeah. 24 million dollars. That could help the Mets probably give more of a look into a DJ LeMayhew probably. It may or it may not happen. They could also look into Didi Gregorius too. Trevor Bauer. Sure. But, you know. You know, Trevor Bauer recently called uh, Mets owner Steve Cohen a genius. Yeah, I'm, I'm just not on the Trevor Bauer hype train. That's just, that's just not me. I'm very – I hope they sign him. I just want to see your re- – just to see your reaction. You're, you're, gonna, you're, you're, you're just going to see a very negative and bad reaction from me. Yeah, I know. I like, know. And it's just like, especially if he just doesn't – and if he just doesn't live up to expectations, I will be fuming. I'm, I will be fuming. Like you, like you, like I'll be like irate because to me he just has not had that consistent of a career to the point that I could just trust him being my number two or or my number one on on a pitching staff. Definitely. Yeah. So Mark, before we go more into, so what were you gonna say, Mark? No, you go. I was just gonna say before we get more into like some more NFL stuff and we go into. This past week in the NFL and this upcoming week in the NFL, when do you think the NHL is going to start? Honestly, man, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I can. So, so they don't have like a a, a set date. So, I, yeah. So I was thinking January first, probably. Yeah, I would assume probably a little bit after the NBA starts, which is December twenty second, I believe. So I could see them starting like two or three weeks after the NBA season starts because they usually go within the same amount of time period. Um, I, was, I was hoping for January 1st or maybe like between, somewhere between the 1st or the, through the 15th. But Mark, um, going back into uh, the NFL to like, you know, a season that's actually going on, might the Giants be your, your Philadelphia Eagles? Dude. Yeah, so the six, the I almost said the six. The Eagles look like an absolute dumpster fire right now. Carson Wentz is like an absolute disgrace, in my opinion. He is looking like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. He doesn't know how to control. He doesn't know how to take care of the take take control of the offense. He doesn't seem confident out there. I don't think they're pushing him very hard. And the the, the whole the, the the Doug Peterson's offensive play call play calls are pretty bland they're not throwing the ball down the field really they just keep doing like these slant routes and it's not working they don't run the ball enough I just this season is just not it's pretty pathetic the, the NFC East in general is pretty pathetic the Eagles are, the fact that the Eagles are still in first place is pretty embarrassing at three and six I believe they are so yeah or three and five it is but I'm, I'm, I'm not very hopeful for the rest of the season for the Eagles. 
I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs because of how bad the NFC East is. But if they do make the playoffs, it's probably going to be at like five wins, which is pretty bad. But I also wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants make the playoffs, which would be pretty embarrassing because they don't have a lot of talent in in their offense. Although I will have to say Daniel Jones has looked much better than Carson Wentz as of late. Whether that will stay, it's yet to be known. But, yeah, man, not looking good for the Eagles. I'm ready to say goodbye to Carson Wentz if this continues for the rest of the season. And what have I been saying? I've been saying that, you know, maybe they should go – that maybe Jalen Hurts should be con- should be more considered to be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. I completely agree with you. Um, I think I think that personally for the for the franchise for how everything turned out right after the Super Bowl, I think that you know it's just a lot better to go into a different direction. Um, how do you feel about this upcoming week of going up against the Cleveland Browns? Going against the Cleveland Browns this week, you know, the Browns are at six and three, but in the games they've won, it hasn't been against really winning teams. Like, the, when, when they have played teams with a winning record, the Browns have gotten blown out. Like, they played the Ravens the first game of the season, got blown out. They played the Steelers a few weeks ago, they got blown out. So, and they, they played the Raiders, who are good but not, like, dominant, and they, they lost. It wasn't a blowout, but they lost. So, yeah, the Browns, it's a good test for the Eagles. But if the Eagles lose to the Browns, you'll know that this season is not – they're not going anywhere. I don't even have hope as it is, but if they lose to the Browns this week, it will just pretty much confirm that this season is lost. I think that – I mean, I think that it's going to be – I actually feel like this upcoming weekend is going to be a very tight game between both teams. I agree. I mean, you never know, though. The Browns could go off. Baker Mayfield could all of a sudden decide to, like, have a really big game. I don't know. I'm not confident that Carson Wentz will have a big game, however. Yeah, I would not I do not I would not be having a lot of uh confidence in Carson Wentz right so, now. So Jair, who do you have tonight in the Cardinals Seahawks Thursday night football game? Um I think that Ooh, this is gonna be a tough one. I, I think that the car, that the Cardinals offense needs to be 100%, like, or maybe at least like 90% going up against the Seahawks defense. Um, the Seahawks defense has been a major cause for concern, but honestly, I'm going for the, I'm going to go for the Arizona Cardinals. Me too. I would choose the Arizona Cardinals against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson has struggled mightily as of late. I, he, at first, he was looking like an MVP candidate, but then the past few weeks, he's just been throwing a lot of interceptions. And the Cardinals look pretty tough, man. As we saw this past Sunday, they hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins to win the game, one of the craziest endings I've seen in a while. And, yeah, I'm expecting the Cardinals to win tonight. Plus, and plus, like, you know, Seahawks, like, the Seahawks do have a lot of motivation. They just they just took a 23-16 to 16 loss to the – to the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like they, that they need to really come out and be like 100%. Um, so Mark, who is your star of the week? I mentioned him earlier, but my star of the week is Daryl Morey because of all the trades he made for the Sixers this week. 
getting them out of the mess that they were in from last se- from last season's decisions to sign Al Horford and trade for Josh Richardson. Um, Dale Morey seems to be putting together a roster that fits that's more complement to Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as they're getting shooters and Seth Curry and Danny Green and drafting Tyrese Maxey to be the sixth man or a bench piece. And yeah, I, I really like what the Sixers are doing. And it, it felt good to be a Sixers fan last night. You, for once, you you felt confident, and you were in like, "What are we doing?" It was like, "Oh, I like what we're doing. This is this is what this is what it feels like to be a, a stable franchise." So yeah, thank you, Daryl Morey. So oh yeah, Mark. Uh, yeah, Mark. I'm sorry about the the calls that I've just been getting for the past few seconds. But also, I don't mean to interrupt you, but according to Chris Haynes, Clay Thompson has sustained a torn Achilles, and he will miss the entire season. Yeah, that was expe- I expected that. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Warriors do. But Jair, who is your star of the week? My star of the week is the Arizona Cardinals for what they did this past week against the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I have to say that it's hard to beat that one. And now, Jair, your loser of the week? My loser of the week. Hmm. It's just going to have to be the Seahawks defense. I mean, I feel like they're the loser of the week every week. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't – I can't disagree with that one. They definitely look pretty bad. You, you know what? Actually, you could go with the Seahawks defense. There's a lot of options out there. And you could even go with the Baltimore Ravens losing to the, to the New England Patriots. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, that yeah. was a tough loss. But at the same time, the rain was so tough at the end of that game for Lamar Jackson. I don't know if anyone could have, could have put together like a – 80-yard drive or whatever it was. It was literally like a severe rainstorm. I've never seen a rain so hard during the game. And lastly, it could even be, you know, your Philadelphia. Yeah, that's my loser of the week. It's definitely Carson Wentz. Just, he sucks. He sucks right now. So there's not much else to say other than you got to get it together or the Eagles need to move on. Who's your funny – what was your funniest moment of the week, Mark? Um – my funniest one of the week last night was Tyrese Maxley last night on the draft show. There was a video of his dad being his hype man. Like, they were dancing together, and he was hyping him up. I just thought it was really funny, and they were super excited to get drafted. What about you, Jair? My funniest moment of the week was seeing Spike Lee hanging out with Cole Anthony. Uh, hey, what was that about? What? Why was he with Cole Anthony? Do you know who his father is? Yeah, Greg Anthony, but, like, I'm surprised uh, Spike Lee wasn't trying to do, like, a Knicks party. Why, why should he? Spike Lee obviously was very – is very uh, – of course, he, he's obviously going to support, you know, Greg Anthony because Greg Anthony is a former Nick. So – I see that. That makes sense. So, I mean, like, it does, so it all added up to me personally. I agree. Well, Jair, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen this weekend as far as the NFL games. Also, I'm curious to see if there's going to be any more trades before the next time we speak. Hopefully there will be. Uh, maybe the Sixers will do something. Maybe the Knicks will do something. Only time will tell, but I uh, just want to give a shout-out to Tay on the track. Jair, it was great speaking with you. You too. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking next week, man. Yes, sir.
listen to more Tripod Productions, go to thetriangle.org slash podcasts.